From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Forget about Bill Barr. Come to the bar with me, Bill Curtis. (laughs) I'm Bill Curtis, and here is your host at the Fox Theater in St. Louis, Missouri, Peter Sagal. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Bill. It is wonderful to be back in St. Louis. Uh, A few weeks ago, we, along with the rest of the internet, learned how you people here slice your bagels. Not horizontally like normal people or Jews, (laughs) but in little slices, like a little round loaf of bread. We're here because we wanted to come and ask you in person, what the hell is wrong with you? Later on, we're going to be talking to one of the greatest St. Louis Cardinals who ever played the Wizard of Oz himself. Ozzie Smith is going to be right here. But first, we want to see if you can handle our slow rollers, so give us a call. The number is one wait wait That's one 8924 It's time to welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hey, this is Courtney Moran calling from New Orleans, Louisiana. Hey, Courtney, how are you? I love New Orleans. Uh, You are lucky to live there. What do you do there? I am an event manager at a historic venue here. Uh, Now, I know, is that a challenge? Because I know people from New Orleans really like to party a lot. It can definitely be a challenge. Yes. Um, It's the end of prom season right now, which I'm happy about because hundreds of children in New Orleans for a party is not as much fun as some might think it would be. I don't think it would be fun at all. With your open container laws and all. Well, welcome to the show, Courtney. Let me introduce you to our panel. First, it's a comedian whose debut comedy album, Babylon Ball Z, is streaming everywhere. You can see him June 24th at the Moth Grand Slam in Chicago. It's Brian Babylon. Next, the syndicated advice columnist behind Ask Amy and the author of Strangers Tend to Tell Me Things. It's Amy Dickinson. Hey, Courtney. And he's a man for all seasons, most especially spring. It's Tom Bodette. Hello, Courtney. Hi, Tom. So, Courtney, welcome to the show. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain two of them, you'll win our prize. Any voice from our show that you might choose in your voicemail. You ready to play? Yes. All right. Your first quote took up most of the space in a birth announcement this week. Archie Harrison, Mountbatten, Windsor. That was the name that is longer right now than the person it was given to. Who is it? Uh, The new royal baby. The royal baby! Yes! (laughs) According to the United Nations, one million different species of life on Earth are going extinct, but at least we were able to save the rare useless baby royal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with that. (laughs) This is the first child of Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan. The baby is, I'm sure you want to know, seventh in line to the throne after his grandfather, his uncle, and his cousins, so he'd better get to killing now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if that was Game of Thrones, he's like next, uh, nearly next. You're nearly next, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Really, to put it in American terms, it's like being the, the Secretary of Agriculture. 
right? <laughs> so it's probably not going to happen, but you're allowed yeah. to dream about it. So I have a question about his name. A couple yes. of questions. Yes. Is, is, his name is really Archie, not Archibald. Archibald. Archie, not Archibald. Archie. Not sure if you're But I thought it was like, isn't that like Jughead's friend? Yeah. 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 Big fan. I was hoping. They're big fans of Riverdale. Now, a, a lot of people... <laughs> A lot of people say we're too obsessed with the Royals. We fought a war to not have to be obsessed with the Royals. But come on, it's just so exciting after the last couple of years to see a Brit successfully exit something. Oh, wow. Whoa. And it's interesting, and apparently, you know, this is Megan's first baby. Sometimes that's hard. It was a challenging labor. But interestingly, by tradition, the OBGYN who finally pulled the baby out is now the rightful king of England. Hmm. <laughs> well, isn't, I mean, I don't know British history thoroughly, but is this the first royal with uh, American blood, uh, like a, a colonial? A, 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 uh, apparently uh, there was somebody way back when, but certainly it's the first modern royal. Well, yeah. this is the first one that's black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were back. I mean, yeah. Are we going to dance around that? Come on, guys. <laughs> And I don't know, I, I saw CNN did some horrible tagline like, uh, Is he how, how, black enough? Yeah, how, how will yeah. he be black enough or will they raise him black? Like, what the, what the hell does that um. mean? How do, you, how do you raise a British black person? Yeah. We'll I mean, they're all African-American, I thought. I, I don't know. Man. Yeah. <laughs> now, Prince, I don't know if you saw the video of Prince Harry. So coming out. Sweet. He was so excited. He said the baby was, quote, amazing. His wife was, quote, amazing. And the birth itself was, quote, wait for it, amazing. <laughs> but you know what? He also <laughs> he said, said something that men, I've never heard a man say. What? What? He said, I don't know how women do it. I have never heard a man say that. I'm sure men think that. Men have said, stop, man. What kind I of said, man do you hang around yeah, with? Yeah, I said that two weeks ago. Come on, Amy. <laughs> no, I thought that was so endearing. It was. It was very, he was so was delighted with everything. Sweet. He was frankly just so happy after all the centuries mm -hmm. of inbreeding. He yeah. was happy his baby didn't have feathers. <laughs> all right, your next quote is Newt Gingrich speaking on Fox News. He didn't lose a billion dollars. He had a billion dollars in losses. <laughs> Mr. Gingrich was explaining why, despite news of this astounding loss, who still really is a wonderful businessman. Could it be Trump? It could be Trump. Yes, Donald Trump, our president. The New York Times reported this week that Donald Trump lost $1 billion between around 1985 and 1994. He lost money running a casino, hotels, airlines, a football team. On one occasion, he left $300 million bills in the pockets of his pants that he ran through the watch. <laughs> Honestly, we should have figured out he really wasn't that good at business when he tried to pay off Stormy Daniels with a Groupon. <laughs> Peter, can I just say one thing to you? You may, and, Brian. And, and this, this is what ne people need to realize. He lost a billion dollars back when a billion dollars was a billion dollars. Yeah. Right. That, right. And that, and that mean, meaning that's pre-internet. So you couldn't be like, oh, man, I have an app. Oh, I'm a billionaire. Like, now it's a lot of billionaires prancing around. That's back when you had to destroy people's lives to get a billion dollars. He right. lost a billion dollars then. Yeah. That's I mean, I know literally nothing about business. And I don't know if I could, I couldn't accidentally lose that much money. I would have to do it. Purposefully. Yeah. Well, he said it's a sport. He said, hey, it's a sport. You can find a child who owns a lemonade stand and they would make better dividends than Donald Trump. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
All right, your next quote was an official statement from the PR department of HBO. This was a mistake. Daenerys had ordered an herbal tea. That was the official explanation from HBO about how what appeared by mistake in a scene in Game of Thrones last week. Um, Starbucks, it was a Starbucks cup. It was in fact a Starbucks cup. Well, it was a to-go coffee cup. It's unclear as to whether it was a Starbucks cup. Starbucks is saying it was a Starbucks cup. In last week's episode of Game of Thrones, obsessive fans, also known as people without anything real to occupy their lives, <laughs> spotted a Starbucks coffee cup sitting on a table in this supposedly medieval fantasy kingdom. Fans, of course, were outraged because in the books, Queen Daenerys drinks only Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm tripping at, Peter? What? I, I thought it was supposed to be there because there's no time machine in mm -hmm. Game of Thrones. No, that's... That, I mean, it's know, a place, they, they, they fly on the dragons, episode. you know? Like, why couldn't there be a yeah, Starbucks? Yeah, I mean, they fly on dragons. Right. They can't go to a Starbucks drive-thru right. on the dragon. I mean, where do we stop? I have a question. Of disbelief, like, yes. How long was this cup in the shot? Was it... Seconds? It was like a, it was like one shot, and you don't. I mean, so I ha did I, you notice it? I did not. But I can see like it's like if you got little kids, like you're not surprised to see a Lego anywhere. You know, it could, <laughs> yeah. it could be in your food, <laughs> be in your it's your true. underwear now, drawer. They're just, and that's the way Starbucks cups are. It's like you don't even see them. It's true. That's I'm sure true. you're right. Nobody noticed it. Bill, how did Courtney do on our show? Courtney won three and zero. Oh. What a smart gal! Congratulations. Thank you, Courtney. Hope you get some rest before the next party. Right now, panel, time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Tom, a former tech executive, now wants to disrupt the beverage industry with his new product, Liquid Death. It's a premium-priced tall boy can of what? Gotta be kombucha. Nope. Ah. <laughs> The name is perfect, though. Um, liquid death. Liquid death. It's Red Bull and yogurt. Nope. Uh, okay, I need a hint. Uh, it puts the dye in dihydrogen monoxide. Dihydrogen monoxide. Chemistry class was a long, long time, time ago. ago. Um, it's, oh, it's two molecules of water. It's twice the water. It's water. It's water. It it's just water, Tom. Water. Oh, it's dihydrogen monoxide. monoxide. H2O. It's an old joke. Anyway, moving on. Liquid Death is the name of this product. The guy who's come up with it has already raised more than $2 million for his venture. Uh, it is a tall can of just tap water with a skull on it and it's targeted directly to the, quote, extreme straight-edge punk crowd because nothing says punk rock like a $2 can of tap water. <laughs> the water is designed to, quote, murder your thirst. Oh, God. <laughs> quote, unquote. Oh, is this and Flint water? And according... <laughs> Maybe that's the secret. There it is. According to its inventor, it offers punks a, quote, water brand that spoke to them. First of all, if your water starts speaking to you, you're not a punk, you're a stoner. Yeah. <laughs> and if you wanted to sell canned water to real punks, try telling them to freeze it and then hit themselves in the head with it. Okay. 
Coming up, we court some new fans in our Bluff the Listener game called one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Sub-Zero Refrigeration, Wolf Cooking, and Cove Dishwashing. Here's their head demonstration chef, Joel Chesbro, on the power of food to create moments worth savoring. For me, the memories that I have around food, a lot of them come from the sense of smell. And I think that's something that we as humans kind of share is that, that direct line of sense to memory. To learn how Sub-Zero, Wolf & Cove can help you embrace every meal and moment, visit subzero-wolf.com. This is Kenny Malone from Planet Money. Now, maybe you've heard there is a new Jeopardy! champion, James Holtzauer. He's been racking up record daily winnings. He is also sort of my brother-in-law. On Planet Money, we're going to ask, what makes Jamie so great? No, seriously. What is James doing that makes him so much better than everyone else? Subscribe and download Planet Money. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Tom Bodette, Amy Dickinson, and Brian Babylon. And here again is your host at the Fox Theater in St. Louis, Missouri, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Hey, thanks, everybody. And listen, if you are just tuning in, and you're like, oh, no, I missed it. Or maybe you just want to hear it all again so you can pretend you haven't and impress your friends by knowing all the answers. All you need to do is download the Wait, Wait podcast. It's the same show you love on the radio, but with ads for mattress companies <laughs> and stamps. <laughs> right now, it is time to play the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game called one wait wait to play our games on the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, I'm Evan Atwater. Um, I'm from uh, Lummy Bay, Washington. Eben from Lummy Bay, Washington? Well, the, I think they had a girl's name figured out, but not a guy's name figured out, and I, I got stuck with the family name. Do you know what the girl's name was? <laughs> yeah, it was Emily. Let me ask you a question. Given what you've been through, would you have preferred to be named Emily? <laughs> <laughs> I'd go with it. All right, you can go with it. Well, welcome to the show, Eben. You are here to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what's Eben's topic? I'm your biggest fan. Celebrities have long found fans the traditional ways, like press tours and purchasing Twitter followers from a Chinese bot farm. <laughs> but this week we heard about a new way that a fan found the person or people they're fans of. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth. You'll win the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. You ready to play? Let's do it. All right. First, let's hear from Tom Bodette. The lyrics to A Horse With No Name blew my mind, said Blalapalooza organizer Mason Ford. Ford, who is 16 years old, discovered early 70s soft rock bands like America and Bread when his dad erased his Spotify playlist of hip-hop favorites and replaced it with what he thought would be the genre from hell. I couldn't stand the F-words and whole cap and emanating from his room and earbuds another day, said the elder Ford. I wanted to punish him with some diamond girl and muskrat love. I thought he needed to understand what obnoxious feels like. Instead, he loves it. What I realized, explained Ford the Younger, is that hip-hop is not chill music. All me and my friends want to do is chill and hang out. This weird sound is so chill, it almost doesn't make sense. 
I mean, baby, I'm a want you? <laughs> Who says that? And with that googly sounding guitar thing in the background, it's sick. I love it. After two or three songs, you can't move. The Blalapalooza will be no Firefest, promises Ford, referring to the famous concert fail of last summer. It's more of a warming drawer fest. Surviving members of America, along with Dan Fogelberg, will headline the event to be held this August in a closed Walmart parking lot in Springfield, Iowa. Yeah. Father Ford will not be attending. I lived through the 70s once, he said. A day of this might kill me. <laughs> a young man becomes a fan of 70s soft rock through a cruel prank from his father. Your next story of a celeb making new fans comes from Brian Babylon. U-pin volleyball player Elizabeth Waddy was running late for practice in Philly. The pressure was on because she had to park her 1964 Pontiac GTO, a hand-me-down from her grandpa, into a parking space barely big enough for an enormous land yacht. I hate this car, said Waddy. As soon as I land my pro beach volleyball contract, I'm buying myself a Honda Fit. She tried eight times, each time scraping or bumping the car in front of her and going up on the curb. With drivers behind her honking their horns and complaining, Finally, she was ready to give up and keep driving. But then a gentleman appeared in her window and said, may I assist? She was very angry about this implied sexism, but got out and let him in. <laughs> and the most amazing display of driving happened. He hopped in, and in the most amazing display of driving she had ever seen, he whipped that 20 feet of Detroit steel into a parking space with just a few turns of the wheel. She wrote his name down to send him a nice thank you note. And then when she showed the name to her teammate, the teammate said, Jimmy Johnson, the NASCAR driver? <laughs> no, said Elizabeth. I think he had a Toyota car of some kind. But it was number 48 himself, seven-time NASCAR champion who was in town for a personal appearance. Elizabeth, of course, had to watch him race and instantly became a fan. He's just so confident, so tactical on the track, she says. And if you think he's good at racing, you should see him park. <laughs> a NASCAR fan is made when Jimmy Johnson himself steps in to park her car. Your last story of a famous person convincing someone to like them comes from Amy Dickinson. When they heard that Lyle Lovett, their favorite singer, was coming to Austin, 17 women from three generations of one big Texas family decided to call it a Girls Gone Wild weekend. <laughs> The love it love is mighty strong in the Walker clan. So Belinda from El Paso rallied her gal pals from all over the country, sisters, cousins, her mother, and even her 85-year-old grandmother, and told them, pack up your spangly cowboy boots and some boda boxes of Chardonnay, ladies, because we're going to see Lyle Lovett. Woo! The concert tickets got bought. The event was coming up when Walker's sister figured out that the Love It coming to Austin was not the Texas native and rectangle-faced Grammy Award-winning singer Lyle Lovett. No, this Love It was John Ira Lovett of Connecticut, a former Obama speechwriter bringing his popular progressive politics podcast, Love It or Leave It, to Austin for a live taping. The Lyle Love It loving ladies decided to go ahead with their Girls Gone Wild weekend. <laughs> it turns out having to watch a politics lecture from a guy who can't sing and was never even briefly married to Julia Roberts 
was just about right for these girls gone mild. All right, so here are your choices. Somebody made a fan in an unusual way. Was it from Tom Baudet? 70s soft rockers get a fan when a kid is punked by his own father, who switched his playlist. Was it from Brian Babylon? Jimmy Johnson created one new NASCAR fan when he graciously parked her car for her. Or from Amy Dickinson, the political pundit and podcaster John Lovett, got a whole bunch of Texas women to come see him because they thought he was Lyle Lovett. Which of these is the real story of an unexpected meeting of fan and idol in the news? Well, I'll tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) I lived for 12 years in Texas, and there ain't no way in God's green earth I'm picking any other story but that one. You're going to pick that Amy story. (laughs) Of the 17 women who went to see Lyle Lovett and ended up hearing some interesting political comedy from John Lovett. Got to be it. All right. Well, we actually spoke to one of the fans in question. One of my cousins looked and it said, John Lovett. My sister's like, no, no, no. I got Lyle Lovett tickets. And we're like, oh, my God, it is the long one. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? That was Belinda Walker. Practically an entire female side of the family went to see Lyle Lovett and got John instead. It's okay. They like him. Congratulations, you got it right, Eben. You have won our prize by picking Amy's story, and you've won a prize for her. Well done, sir. Hey, thanks a lot. That was great. Bye-bye. And now the game where amazing people talk about pretty ordinary things. We call it Not My Job. Everybody in St. Louis loves the Cardinals, and there is no Cardinal more beloved than Hall of Famer Ozzie Smith. Winner of 13 Gold Glove Awards, acclaimed as the best shortstop ever to play the game and known around these parts as the Wizard of Oz or simply the Wizard. Go crazy, St. Louis. It's Ozzie Smith. Now, Ozzie, you came here to St. Louis to join us from where you live now that you're retired, which is... Right here. You live here in St. Louis. <laughs> yes. Right. So, you, so you, you retired from the game uh, back in the 90s, but you've, you've never left St. Louis? You stayed never there? left it. Uh, yeah. And this is why. I know. Well, <laughs> why would I leave? I always wondered about that because there's a, there's a kind of cliche in sports that when somebody, uh, you know, does something amazing for the local team, like, say, hits a homer to win the National League uh, championship, uh, they say, that guy will never pay for a beer in this town again. So is it true that you can't pay for your own beer in this town again? True. All right. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you, go, I mean, you, you just walk into any bar and just say, you know, I'll have a beer and just wait. Just stand there. Just stand there. <laughs> yeah, just stand there. Yeah. But do, do you get recognized when you walk around town? I do. do. I never have to wait in line for dinner either. I bet not. Do you still follow the game? I, I, sometimes I understand that oh, retired players, they can't enjoy it because they're not playing anymore. Um, yes, I follow the game. I go to spring training, yep. and I usually go when the pitchers and catchers report. Yeah. Uh, I visit with the guys for like 10 days, and then um, when they start playing games, I get out of there, and that way I can't get blamed. Do you do, any, like, <laughs> do you do any like instruction to the shortstops? You're like, well, all you need to do is leap 30 feet sideways, Sorry. get the ball, jump 10 feet over oh the head <laughs> of the guy coming into second base and throw it to first. Try that. No, I... <laughs> do, 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 do they come up to you and ask questions, the shortstops yes. who are playing the game? What kind of questions do they ask you? They ask, um, well, how do you get into the flow of it? 
You know, and the one thing that I always ex explain to people, and, and we learned this in physics, you know, what's in motion stays in motion. Right. So the one thing that you don't want to do, as a, especially as a middle infielder, is be stagnated. Yeah. There has to be some type of movement that allows you to go left or right. And, and that, that probably is the one thing that when I talk to her or when I try and teach a guy is to have some type of movement because that's what allows you to get into the flow of Right, of, you're just sort of, of moving, you're liquid, you're ready to go. That's right. Absolutely, yeah. Never flat-footed. It's interesting because you mentioned, you know, the laws of physics because I was watching some of your highlights and that was physically impossible, half of what I saw. <laughs> yeah. It just couldn't be done. And I, I always ask this question of, of elite athletes like yourself, how young were you when you knew that you were good at this? Well, you know, I don't know if you ever really know exactly when that moment is, but when I was a kid, I used to throw the ball. I, we had a peak roof. I used to throw the ball up on, on one side of the roof yeah. and run around to the other side wow. in hopes yeah. of catching it before it hit the ground. Right. And people are sitting here wondering now, yeah. did you ever get there? Did you ever Did do you do it? I never did. You never did it. I, I never did, but it was that type of determination. Yeah that made me the player that I became. Oh, I understand. Because <laughs> I'm going to say, again, watching you play, it just seems pure magic. It just seems like natural ability that you could leap well, up in the air, both feet, three feet off the ground, and, and peg the first baseman without hardly looking. Now let me say this here. It's like Bill. I'm standing back there, and I'm yeah. listening to him talk. Yeah. Bill, did you just... You just talk, don't you? I just talk. It's just natural. It's just natural. It, it, just, it just comes it out. Just comes. It's a gift. And, and it's, it's a, a gift. gift. I'm sure yeah. it's yours a, is. It's a gift, you know? So what you do with the gift is you, you try and maintain it as long as you can. Yeah. And you try and share it with as many people as you possibly can and uh, never take anything for granted. That's absolutely true. Now, I just want to say, uh, just growing up in Chicago, watching you on WGN Channel 9, I was always amazed on how you were just so cool 24-7, even right now. You're like the coolest dude in this whole theater. <laughs> and yet, it's, how, I mean, help me understand. Help me be a better person. How do you keep that level of cool but still compete at that intensity? Uh, Brian, you know what? It, you just... Just be yourself, you know. Uh, okay. When you're amongst friends, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm amongst about 35, 4,000 friends. If I was just being myself with a 230-pound guy barreling toward <laughs> me, trying to kill me with his feet, I would pee my pants. That would be my legitimate, honest being myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never, never let them see you sweat. Well, Ozzy Smith, we've invited you here to play a game that this time we're calling... We're off to see the wizard... Oh, no. You were known when you played as the Wizard of Oz or just the Wizard for your magical plays at shortstop. So we thought we'd ask you about the original Wizard of Oz, the classic 1939 movie. Answer two out of three questions correctly. You'll win our prize for one of our listeners, the voice of their choice in their voicemail. Bill, who is the great Ozzy Smith playing for? Drew Richardson of St. Louis, Missouri. All right. Ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. First question, people say they don't make them like they used to, and it's true, The Wizard of Oz is proof of that. Which of these is a real reason that The Wizard of Oz, as it was made, could not be made today? A, the actors who played the munchkins were all paid a fraction of regular wages due to an old pay-by-height rule. <laughs> B, the Wicked Witch's broomstick, the scarecrow's outfit, and all of the fake snow were made of asbestos. Or C, the 1994 Religious Freedom Act, which prevents witches or Wiccans 
from being presented in a negative light. Oh, let's see. You're going to go for C. Yes. Well, can I tell an anecdote? You may yes. tell Related. an anecdote. Okay. So I read that, you know, the Tin Man with all the silver, yes. that that makeup was so toxic that it sent the original actor to the hospital. Buddy so it's B. So, so, so it's B. Just B. So it's B. All right. Oh, that's B. You got an assist that's for right. Amy. It is, in fact, B. B. Okay. Yes. You got an assist? You fed, you fed him. You fed him, as yeah, you say in right. baseball. Good feet. Good feet. Yeah, it's, it was the asbestos. Like, remember all that scene in the poppy field where they're all sleeping and all the snow <laughs> falls on their faces and wakes uh, them up? That was asbestos? Pure poison, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. All right, next question. The Wizard of Oz has been, of course, a pop culture treasure since its release in 39. Sometimes things from the movie pop up in unexpected places, as in which of these... A, after Margaret Thatcher died in 2013, the song Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead re-entered the British music charts at number two. B, Popeye's Restaurant once offered something called The Gizzard of Oz. Or C, Garth Brooks' 2003 Man Behind the Curtain tour in which he sang his entire set in a booming voice from behind a curtain just like The Wizard did. A? They, they say A, but what do you say? I say A. You're right, that's what happened. <laughs> All right. Let's see if you can be as perfect in this as you were in just about everything else. <laughs> there was a fair amount of acrimony on the set of Wizard of Oz, with a lot of the hate focused on one of the performers. Who was it? Was it A, Scarecrow actor Ray Bolger, who walked around the set saying, actually, I'm very smart, and mansplaining everything? <laughs> B, Vladimir Oskov, a Russian method actor who played the lead flying monkey and, well, decided to act like a monkey on the set, if you know what I mean. Or C, Terry, who played Toto, the dog, who was paid more per week than most of the human actors he worked with. Was Toto paid? Pay? Lassie was paid? That's right. Rinchin Tim was paid. Rinchin Tim was the biggest paid star. C, you're right, it was C. Terry the dog, who played Toto, brought down like 150 bucks a week, which at the time was the equivalent to about $2,000 today. Wow. So he was a well-paid pup. Bill, was Ozzy as perfect as he was here as he was on the that field? That is a great score, Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you zipped it. Ozzy Smith. Thank you. Remember the Baseball Hall of Fame. The Cardinals legend. President of the Gateway PGA Reach Foundation, their 10th annual gala and golf tournament is September 22nd and 23rd. Ozzy Smith, the greatest shortstop who ever played. Thank you so much for being with us. In just a minute, Bill asks for a schmear in our listener Olympic challenge. Call one triple eight. Wait, wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Custom Inc who wants you to know about the belongingness hypothesis, which sounds made up but is absolutely real, that holds that a sense of belonging has a positive impact on your emotions and the way you think. One thing that can improve your sense of belonging is matching custom gear from Custom Inc. Their easy-to-use website provides great design resources and hundreds of products. Build belonging with your groups through Custom Gear. For full details and 10% off your next order, go to customink.com. 
What would you do if you found out a story that had shaped your identity was a lie? NPR's new podcast, White Lies, investigates a murder in Selma, Alabama from 1965 and exposes the conspiracy that kept it unsolved. Until now. White Lies. Start listening Tuesday. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. The NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Amy Dickinson, Brian Babylon, and Tom Baudet. And here is your host at the Fox Theater in St. Louis, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill feeds his Grimlin after midnight in our listener limerick challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. But right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Amy, the Wall Street Journal reported on a new celebrity in the world of fitness, a guy named Brad, who managed to make himself famous by doing what? Okay, I know this one. Um, This guy, so it's a Peloton. Yes. The stationary bike that all the rich people brag about having. Yes. So there's this class in New York that live streams, and this dude, Brad keeps like photobombing the class. He sits right next to the instructor and is like Richard Simmons dancing and... Is he like a hype man? An exercise hype man or something? He's like a middle-aged dude in a bad t-shirt yeah. who wants to get on camera. One thing about the Peloton is annoying. I think they did always have Pelotons and very nice rooms. Like the solarium. Yeah, the solarium or like a high rise in Tokyo. Right. Never in your basement. Right. Under some clothes like everybody else. It's always somewhere I, so amazing. I, 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 I feel I should add this before the conversation goes on too long. That's right. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I was very into this you, you, you story. Described it, you described it exactly. People are spending more than $2,000 to buy this high-tech exercise bike with a screen on it so they can live stream classes and at least once a day next to the insanely hot inspirational instructor. There's this guy named Brad going, hey. As you can imagine, the, all the Peloton users who are paying a lot of money to have this experience just love it. One said, quote, I try not to watch him. <laughs> or, quote, oh gosh, my blood pressure spiked. One woman figured out that since he's always in the same space on the view, that she could just put a post it note right there <laughs> and never have to look at him. Wait a minute. You just said, did you just tell me a Peloton that whole sub is 2K? Yeah. Bike? Oh, I don't know how much you pay for the program. Baseline, $2,000. Yeah, they, they started like $2,000. That's a exercise. used Vespa. I yeah. know, man. Mm-hmm. You could almost get one of those out-of-work millennials to rickshaw you around. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That may be, Brian, contrary to the point, but it would be fun. Amy, if you want to do something nice for your washing machine, good news, we now found out that you can buy your very own washing machine. What wonderful gift. Is it uh a... is it a, a is it a blankie of some kind? A gadget? It, a it, cover? It, it is a cover, which okay. apparently washing machine covers are very popular in certain parts of the world. <laughs> but apparently, one went for became noticed this week that's for sale, and everybody went crazy because it looks very much like what? Like um, the Mona Lisa? No, I'll give you a hint. Victoria's Secret turns out to be the spin cycle. It looks like lingerie. It does. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. No. Oh. Ah. You can oh. buy lingerie for your washing machine. Ah. To make it sexy. Exactly. <laughs> well, they could use some. It's true. They this could is a, use some sexy. This is an item for sale, a dust cover for your washing machine <laughs> that looks exactly like a classic lacy purple negligee. Oh, my God. Do, so the washing on? machine then say... I don't know. Does this make me look fat? <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I could I could use the. You know, I have two teenage boys. Whenever I ask them, you know, go put the wash. Put, yeah. Go put it in the wash. And they say, which one is the washer? Or oh, she's like, would you take on. the wash? Go put that in the dryer. All your wet sled stuff. And they say, which one is the dryer? And if I had a negligee on one of them. <laughs> You'd I could say, them, go put it in the one with the underpants. Right. Oh, put it in the On the other hand, right. you'd send them to the basement to do it, and they'd never, they'd come, never back. come back. <laughs> and you'd like, go start walking down right. to the basement, and they go, don't come down here. Right. What are you doing <laughs> in the laundry, son? <laughs> Remember what they say, if the washing machine is rocking, it's <laughs> unbalanced <laughs> and needs to be repaired. <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call to leave a message at one wait wait That's one 8924 or click the Contact Us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows back at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago and our upcoming shows June 27th at the Mann Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, July 18th at the Blossom Music Center in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and if you haven't already, play our new smart speaker quiz. Just say, open the Wait, Wait quiz in your Alexa or Google Home. And if you get four questions right, you might win a prize. This week, you can hear Bill sing his favorite Lil Nas X song. It's lit. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, Peter. Hi, who's this? This is Sarah calling from New York. Hey, how are things in New York? Oh, they're wonderful. I love it here. Oh, everybody who lives in New York does, because otherwise they wouldn't put up with it. What do you do there in New York? I work in publishing. Oh, you do? What do you do in publishing? Yeah. I am the foreign rights manager at a literary agency. Oh, I see. So your, your, yeah. your job is to get those books out there. Okay, so what do you do when you're not selling books? Um, well, I like to read in my free time, of course. So, so you, you read all day. Of course. And then you'd say, ah, what a tough day reading. Boy. Yeah, I need more of this. Let's go home and read some more. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. Well, welcome to the show, Sarah. Bill Curtis is going to read for you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly on two of the limericks, you'll be a winner. You ready to play? I was born ready. There we go. <laughs> Here is your first limerick. I'll take tea with a bagel theme, please. It makes froth with a calm, supreme ease. That glossy veneer is the essence of schmear. I am drinking a glob of... Cream cheese? Yes. Very good. Yes, yes. You are literate. Cream cheese. And I live in New York. And you live in New York, <laughs> where, of course, <laughs> the streets flow with cream cheese. Cream cheese tea is the newest food trend in China. The idea is you order tea and you get a big sort of lid of cream cheese floating on top. The baristas advise drinking it at an angle that allows you to gulp some tea and bite cream cheese at the same time. It's called the tea macchiato, and if you think that's gross, try ordering it with locks. <laughs> All right, here is your next limerick. My yearbook has few intramurals, but it's filled with puffed tails without twirls. The tree-dwelling rodent is having his moment. 
We're making a yearbook for... Squirrels? Yes, squirrels! A University of Texas alum is putting together a yearbook for the campus's 200 resident squirrels. Because when you're crazy, you don't realize you're crazy. <laughs> the yearbook has all the squirrels' names and interests. It'll be so fun to see, you know, the, 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 the superlatives. Who gets most popular and most likely to succeed at giving you rabies? <laughs> Isn't that how Facebook started? I believe so. It's all started, yes. Mark Zuckerberg was rating the squirrels at Harvard. It's extended. The yearbook features pictures of the tiny yard rats and graduation gowns and hats. <laughs> no. And the best part is each of the squirrels get a senior quote, you know? <laughs> Be the change you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that person's parents are getting the basement ready because yeah, right. that kid is never going to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Here is your last limerick. Fun times are their own best reward. Too bad they're often ignored. I feel a strong pull to the times that are dull. And one third of my life I feel... Bored? Yes, yes. bored. Polls yes. show the average American is bored 131 days a year. That's a third of the year. <laughs> Coincidentally, this very weekend is the 131st day of this year. So if you've been bored since January, get ready. The rest of the year is going to be awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't get, I don't get bored. I, you don't? I mean, I guess I do, but maybe I have enough control over my life that I don't put myself in the situations that bore me that much. Tom, and I say this in solidarity, not aspersion, we're old. Yeah, true enough. We're, a fun day is one where there's still some yogurt left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, I get to have the yogurt again. Well, I finished that. Yeah, there's something to that. Right? Yeah. It's, it seems crazy, though, to imagine people being bored when we can endlessly stream TV shows, but on the other hand, we can also endlessly stream podcasts, so it makes sense. Yeah. Bill, how did Sarah do in our quiz? She did very well. She blitzed us 3-0. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for playing. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard, multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done, ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. Then, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com wait. Support also comes from Airbnb Experiences, who want you to get out of your comfort zone, sword fight with a real samurai, rappel into a private slot canyon, learn the Hollywood art of sound effects, Airbnb experiences are one-of-a-kind activities hosted by passionate locals in more than 1,000 cities, all vetted for quality and created for the curious. That's you. So put down your phone, get out there, and do something new. Check out Airbnb.com experiences to learn more. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Amy has three, Brian has three, Tom has two. Okay. Tom, that means you are up first. 
The clock will start when I begin your first question, fill in the blank. On Thursday, a House panel voted to hold Attorney General Blank in contempt of Congress. Uh, Bill Barr. Right. According to a UN report released on Monday, over one million species of plants and animals face blank. Extinction. Right. This week, FBI Director Chris Wray denied that there was any spying done on Blank's campaign the in 2016. Trump, Trump campaign. Right. Following several days of violence in the Gaza Strip, Israel and Blank declared a ceasefire on Monday. The Palestinians, uh, the Hamas. Right. Burger King announced a competitor to McDonald's Happy Meals for 2019, the, quote, blank meal. Uh, see, it's not the Happy Meal. It's, it's oh, the, yeah, it's the board meal, because people are bored like a third of the time. No, um, you're close. It's the pissed meal, because when they're not bored, they're angry. <laughs> In an effort to get higher wages and health care, thousands of drivers from Uber and Lyft blanked on Wednesday. Uh, they, they struck. Yes. After officers in Florida asked a woman he'd pulled over if she had anything on her person they should know about, she reached into her yoga pants and pulled out blank. Whew. There's not much you can keep in your yoga pants. It's, um, she pulled out, um, it's got to be her gecko, her pet gecko. Oh, you're so close. It was in the right animal family. It was a one-foot-long alligator. Huh. <laughs> the woman was pulled over after running a stop sign and told officers she'd been out collecting frogs and snakes and also had a backpack stuffed with 43 turtles. So far, a totally routine traffic stop in Florida. But that was before the woman pulled a foot-long alligator from her pants. In response, the police lit cigars and celebrated the birth of Archie Harrison Alligator Windsor. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Maybe those one million species aren't going extinct. Maybe that lady just has them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we flipped a coin, and Amy has elected to go next. So Amy, fill in the blank. Under direction of the White House, former White House counsel blank defied a congressional subpoena. Not McGann. Yeah, McGann. After okay. 500 days yes, in prison. Yes, McGann. Yes, McGann. After 500 days in prison, two journalists from Reuters arrested in blank were released. Was it uh, Philippines? No, it was Myanmar. This week, President Trump signed an executive order imposing new sanctions on blank. Venezuela? Iran. Oh, For the second God. time in a week, blank launched an unidentified projectile from its eastern coast. North Korea. Yes. This week, a man in Florida was charged with drunk driving after he crashed his blank into a blank. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Peloton into a lingerie-clad um, washing machine. I know I got it! Nailed it! He crashed his lawnmower into a police car. Just two oh. weeks after release, the latest movie in the Blank franchise became the fastest movie to make $2 billion at the box office. Avengers. Yes! Thank a woman God. in the UK was furious when she ordered a candle in the shape of the number five for her daughter's fifth birthday and instead received Blank. Five number one candles. You're so close. Oh. She got two twos and a one. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the woman ordered the candle from a local supermarket's online delivery store, but they're apparently all out of, you know, candle shaped like a five. So thanks to one fulfillment specialist, quick thinking and math skills, the woman has represented her five-year-old with a cake celebrating her 221st birthday. That is great. Bill, how did Amy do on our quiz? Amy got three right, six Whoa. more points. She has a total of nine, but Tom still leads with 12. All right. So how many, then, does Brian need to win? Five to win, Brian. Okay. Ready, for the, ready to do this? 
Yes. Here we go. Fill in the blank. On Monday, former Trump lawyer Blank started his three-year prison sentence in Michael New York. Cohen. That's right. This week, the Senate Intelligence Committee subpoenaed Blank to answer more questions. Don Jr. Yeah, right. This week, law enforcement officials in L.A. seized over 1,000 Blanks from a Bel Air mansion. Fresh Princes? I don't know. No, guns. <laughs> Look out, hippies. The Wall Street Journal is warning you that homemade Blank could explode. Kombucha. Right. On Wednesday, Denver effectively decriminalized blank. Mer mushrooms, right. mushrooms. Right. Following weeks of speculation, aircraft maker blank admitted to knowing that their 737 MAX plane had a problem. Mm. Boeing? Yes. <laughs> a zoo in Germany had trouble with its raccoon exhibit when it was invaded by blank. More coons. Exactly right. It was invaded by a wild raccoon. Zookeepers at the Heidelberg Zoo in Germany recently discovered this bonus raccoon while cleaning out the exhibit. And due to EU rules around invasive animals, they can't kick him out. So they've named him Fred, this is true, and will provide him with free room and board and castration. <laughs> Psych! <laughs> Bill, I thought Brian did really well, didn't wow. he? He won! Level of 15! Wow, hey, bigly, bigly. Brian! <laughs> Congratulations. In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists to predict what will be the next unexpected thing to show up in the last episodes of Game of Thrones. But first, let me tell you, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our interns are Alex McCohen and Rachel Klepper. Our web guru is Beth Novi. Special thanks to the staff and crew at the fabulous Fox Theater. B.J. Liederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Our knight in white satin is Peter Gwynn. Technical directions from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. And the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Mike Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next unexpected thing to show up on Game of Thrones before it's all over? Brian Babylon. Uh, more black people. <laughs> from somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. Pop up, man. Where they come from? Yeah. Amy Dickinson. Um, in two episodes uh, from Sunday, Cersei will be shown hand feeding a dragon crafts mac and cheese. <laughs> and Tom Bodette. Uh, John Snow's 23andMe results. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it here on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Brian Babylon, Amy Dickinson, and Tom Bodette. Thanks to Leslie Davis, everyone at St. Louis Public Radio. Thanks to our fabulous audience here at the Fox Theater in St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks to all of you for listening at home. I'm Peter Sagal. I will see you next week. This is NPR.